This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Hey, January's almost over, and what have you done so far this year? If the answer is not make a website, then you should go to Squarespace and make your website. Yeah, and you know, whatever that website's going to be about, I bet Squarespace can make it real easy and real fine looking for you. Yeah, it could be just a landing page for your new project. It can be a store. It can be a portfolio. It can be a blog. You know, you think it, you make it. It takes almost no time, and it's fun. Start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code SPILLED to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Make your next move. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today's episode is about chard. And I can't, I can't tell you how many people have asked for this episode. It's like, it's as if the entire internet rose up to, and said in one voice, do an episode about this obscure green. Yes. You know, although chard, there was a time when chard was the green in everything. Now, kale really? is. Yeah, nobody, like, I remember when I was first learning how to cook, when I was just a young Molly, uh-huh. Um, I remember learning about char- <laughs> what my, just happened behind me. My dog is play bowing to your cat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and it's, it's nothing's coming of it, but Alice is very excited. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway, no, I feel like when I was learning how to cook, chard was this thing. Like in the nineties, people were cooking chard. It was like the, uh, the interesting spinach. And then <laughs> kale came along and unseated chard. And now nobody uses chard anymore. And Interesting. Um, did I read something recently that uh, that the kale boom can be traced back to like a uh, kale uh, growers organization PR campaign or something? Oh, I didn't read that. Um, maybe maybe we can dig up this article that I saw the headline for and didn't read. Wow, um, cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever cooked with chard until the 2000s. I think. Wow. I am so ahead of you. Yeah, here. absolutely. Boom. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I definitely got the sense that I was missing out on something. People, yeah. Again, people kept coming up to me on the street, uh, you know, in class, <laughs> at work, and saying, have you tried this chard? And I would say, maybe. <laughs> that was such a great story. <laughs> um, and I okay. would say, maybe. 
Okay, I do actually have a story about chart, sort of, um, which is that uh, in I, I tell this story in my first book. Yes, <laughs> I would say maybe. <laughs> That's the fucking worst story you've ever told. That was so inconsequential. Go on in your well, first book. Not whoop de doo. The, the weird thing is, like it. You know, a story could be made up and funny or like, you know, <laughs> true, true and serious. But this story was made up and boring. Um, OK, so uh, when uh, when my kid was uh, was like, you know, two years old um, and, uh, you know, we did the like uh, hipster parent thing of like, you know, you should learn all the vegetables in the garden and stuff and maybe we'll grow something. And so um uh, we would take her to the farmer's market and the pea patch and stuff. And uh, and I would uh, I would say, you know, like, there's some spinach and there's onions and there's chard. Um, and one day I brought her home um, after a walk and uh, and she said to uh, to Lori, um, uh, and we saw spinach and tomatoes. And do you know a plant called chard? <laughs> and oh ever since my then, God. <laughs> I've. Not a week has gone by that I haven't said, uh, you know, like brought home some chard and said, "There, hey everybody, do you know? Do you know a plant called chard?" <laughs> you guys are horrible. I, know. I hate you. <laughs> um, great, cool. I, well, hey, I seem to recall my. You know where I learned about chard? I think. Yeah. This would have been the mid to late nineties when. Um, my family sort of suddenly got interested in like the all those Molly Katzen cookbooks, like oh, Enchanted sure. Broccoli Forest and the Moosewood cookbook. We never really went like Moosewood cookbook. You never but, went full Moosewood? No. But Enchanted Broccoli Forest and then something else. Uh... Uh, anyway, there was one that came out in the mid to late 90s that was in full color. And it had a book in it that... Or, it had a book. <laughs> it had a recipe in it for something like a, like an autumn vegetable soup. Was it like Cloud Atlas where it had like nested books within it? <laughs> you know, I keep meaning to read Cloud Atlas. I've never read it. It's really good. Cool. I have got it at home. Um, anyway, it had an autumn vegetable soup in it that had like butternut squash, which was also very trendy at the time. And... Um, uh, rainbow chard or ruby chard mm -hmm. and anyway and a whole bunch of other things and my mom and I made it and I remember at that time like yeah I, I just that was how I really learned about chard and then as I went out on my own I remember for a while in grad school I was um I was making this one particular recipe a lot that was braised chickpeas with chard. Mm -hmm. Like such a great and like healthful and delicious vegetarian inexpensive thing to make. I think we may have uh, linked to that recipe yes. from on the show before, but I don't remember why. I'm not Is sure Is it possible either. we did a chard episode already uh, and oh, forgot? <laughs> I don't think so, but you never know. Um, um, we've done far too many episodes at this point. Anyway, that recipe came from a cookbook called uh, Fresh from the Farmer's Market by Janet Fletcher. Oh, I love Janet Fletcher. Yeah, anyway, uh, such a simple recipe and so delicious. The silkiness of the chard when it's been cooked for like 15 or 20 minutes with like onion and garlic and olive oil. Oh, so good. And so complimentary to that like earthy flavor of chickpeas. Apropos of nothing, uh, Janet Fletcher's br brother played bass in probably my all-time favorite band. You look so pleased with yourself, right? <laughs> why? Uh, I know like, I do, but why do like, I? Like, Ooh, here's, I? Here's an exciting fact. Wow. <laughs> 
Hey, but let's talk about uh, how we buy chard and and what kind do you usually buy? Okay, so I like to buy chard at the farmer's market. And I feel like it's maybe the most year-round of all the greens that we get in Seattle. I haven't noticed that. It seems like you can always get chard. And I, I, I do buy it less than I buy kale. Um, well, that's because big kale got to you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and I mean, furthermore... Um, you know, like walking around the neighborhood and seeing like what people are growing in the neighborhood. I, I, I hate myself already and the sentence isn't even over. Um, chard is the thing that like I see like when all the other vegetables have died and, yeah. and are, have turned to mulch. Uh, there's still like some some uh, shiny chard leaves sticking out. And that's mm-hmm. that to me is like the, the most salient feature of chard when you look at it is it's really shiny on one yeah, side. It has these beautiful shiny leaves. They're they're sort of veiny and crinkly while also being very smooth. Mm-hmm. They are <clears throat> they're kind of meaty. Yeah. Like they've got a thickness to them, like not like an aloe vera plant or something. But <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we had Oh, it's an- kind of salty. Yeah. It's Did good. you notice that? The mm-hmm. leaves. So we're just eating some like raw chard here. Oh, it's so, so delicious and like surprisingly salty. Yeah, full full disclosure here. I was gonna make my favorite chard recipe, but then we're we're taping this on the same day that we taped our uh, tater tots episode. And I, I like put all of my energy for the day into making tater tot casserole instead. So we're just gnawing on raw chard like rabbits. Um when this is I was surprisingly kid, delicious. Um we had an aloe vera plant in the kitchen, and if anyone uh, any and burned themselves. Uh, my mom would like chunk off a piece of aloe vera and like rub it on us. <clears throat> we had one at Delancey for uh-huh. a while too. For burns, yeah. Is it, does it work? I think they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like so, and you have a, there's an open kitchen at Delancey, so like anytime you could like look <laughs> into the kitchen and just see cooks rubbing plants on each other. <laughs> yeah, it is hot. <laughs> That's, that explains the success of the restaurant mm-hmm. substantially, I think. All right, so do you? Always choose red chard. <laughs> you're you're going you're going like full <laughs> chard here. This is well after <clears throat> eating that tater tot casserole. Let's be I real. Know, I like, do feel like I need some raw vegetables. Yeah, some roughage. I don't always buy red chard. I I have not noticed any flavor difference between the different colors of chard. I will generally choose the rainbow chard because it's purdy. I like the red chard because I like the pinkness. Mm-hmm. I will generally avoid green chard or white chard, the kind with the with the white yeah. ribs. I just think that's ugly. Really? Who can be bothered? Okay. Um, did you notice? Are you noticing that the stem tastes different? Oh, I haven't. I haven't or the ribs eaten any or whatever yet. you want to call them. So I know that there are. Well, so why do you choose chard over kale or spinach? Or... Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Um, hang on. Ooh, wow. Oh, the yeah, the stem tastes very different. Okay, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I don't think I've ever chewed on a raw chard stem before. It's weird that I would have gotten to this age and not have had that experience. It has a bit of a celery equality. It does. I um, mean, more like chard than like celery. But. Well, that, you know, the the leaf sort of, you know, it had a little bit of saltiness, but just kind of a generic vegetal flavor to me. Mm-hmm. But then the the stem, the, the rib is like what really tastes like cooked chard to me. It also tastes a little bit like beets. It has that kind of dark, like and it dirt is, flavor. Chard and beets are very closely related. Yeah. So why do I buy chard instead of spinach or kale? So I'm going to use the word continuum. Oh, I, God. I'm already. You can already see what I'm doing with my hands here, like going into like professorial mode. Um, spinach oh. is is so delicate, 
right? Like, you know, you cook spinach, you blanch spinach for like 30 seconds and it completely collapses, which is fine. And like a pound of it could like fit in the palm of your hand by the time you're done blanching it or sauteing Um, it. Every time I cook spinach at home, I always like do the same dad joke um, where I say like, uh, boy, you know, I thought I, I thought I got a lot of spinach, but look at this and, you know, hold up like a tablespoon of spinach. It's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> you look so disappointed in me. <laughs> um, so, uh, and then kale is on the other end, like like uh, along with collards, is like the really hardy it, ones. It fights back. Yeah, like, it like, does not. It does not submit easily. Whereas chard, I think, is the best of those three for sautéing because you can you can sauté it like with uh, olive oil and garlic, and it will kind of hold its uh, shape. But uh, but get tender very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and I like the flavor. Mm-hmm. Do you do you choose chard? And when you choose chard, why do you choose chard? You know, for a while now, I have been choosing kale primarily, unless I'm using a recipe that calls specifically for one or the other. But like, if I'm just buying a vegetable to like cook and eat as a vegetable with something else at dinner, I will generally choose kale. I don't tend to choose spinach because. I don't like the feeling it leaves on my teeth. We and should have we done a spinach episode? I thought we had, but maybe we, we haven't. I think we did. Like, hey, listeners, you want to tell us if <laughs> we did a spinach episode? <laughs> we'll we'll wait here until we hear from you. Anyway, I don't like the feeling it leaves on my teeth. Uh-huh. It also is always so dirty, and yes. I, I hate the ordeal of washing it. I love washing spinach. And what? I love it. I feel like I'm accomplishing something. Huh. Anyway, and it cooks down to nothing. Yeah. I I do think that chard is kind of this wonderful middle ground where, um, you know, you can buy a bunch of it, a single bunch, yep. and it will actually, like, feed some people. Yep. Um, that's it, that's one, of, one of the main things I ask for in my food is that it can <laughs> feed some people. And I also love the texture of it. Um, it has more give and sort of a, a, a silkier mouthfeel, mm-hmm. shall we say, than kale. But uh, but not as slippery as spinach, and it doesn't leave that yuckiness on my teeth. Yeah, you can cook it briefly, like kind of um, like just saute it, like I I do sometimes with kale, just in a really hot pan with yeah. olive oil and a little bit of butter. Um, or you can also braise it, and that is awesome too. And th- I kind of like the flavor of long cooked chard better oh, than yeah. long cooked kale. I like both, but yeah, I would probably go chard. Yeah, in that case, um, I love long cooked collard greens too. Um, I, I like greens. I, I'm glad we're doing this episode because I think these things are tasty. I love how you said, I like greens, and then you like laughed. Like you were just so <laughs> tickled, tickled by yourself. I, I, uh, I feel like there's a, there's a real tension in the studio today. <laughs> I feel like usually when we're talking, I'm so busy, like, yes, anding, Uh like working on my next bit. But you've had it with that bullshit. (laughs) No, right now I'm just having so much fun observing you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we know, you recently thawed out. I realized that was a different episode. Yeah. Yeah, I am a thought out Cro Magnon. You're you're 20,017 years old. Behave. And I have observed that you humans are very interested in Janet Fletcher's brother. And that you also love greens. Oh, oh boy. I, I just have now realized, am I the first human you've met? And I, I, you're, you're basing your, your, your conclusions about the entire human race on me? Yes. Okay, then. 
<laughs> you could probably have picked worse. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you're planning to start a business or change careers or, you know, whatever you're going to do with your 2017, you can make it as beautiful as it can be with Squarespace. Yeah, I'm actually planning to do all those things. I'm planning to get out of podcasting. This is the first I'm telling you this. Oh. And into um, oh. uh, show horse show jumping. Oh, that's exciting. I can help you out. I used to do that. I figured I figured you could. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to make a, a, a show jumping website, mm-hmm. can you recommend a service? I would be happy to recommend one. You know, my favorite in terms of ease and uh, aesthetic appeal is Squarespace. It's used by all kinds of people and businesses, and it gives you the ability to create a platform for pretty much anything you want. Like maybe you want to start selling horses. Well, you can have a, a, you know, you can have an e-commerce site. Maybe you just want, uh, you know, oh, Hey, maybe you want to do a blog about learning to ride a horse. I want to do all of these you things. You can do that on Squarespace. Maybe you're really into taking pictures of horses. Absolutely. Or I... maybe painting, paintings of horses. <laughs> you know you me so well. do that with your Squarespace gallery. Question. Two questions, in fact. Will it look good on a phone, a tablet, a computer? You know, will I have to redesign my site for all of these different devices? No. Oh, no. You can add and arrange your content with the click of a mouse. It looks beautiful on all kinds of devices. Next question. I need a domain name for my business. You know, something like MatthewJumphorse.com. <laughs> Um, can Squarespace help me out with that even? Absolutely. And I, I think that they do something special for you if you buy a domain name, too. Uh, if you if you sign up for a whole year, I believe you get a free domain name. It, you may be stuck with MatthewJumpHorse.com, <laughs> but no, I think you can select your domain name. So start your free trial today at Squarespace.com and enter the offer code SPILLED to get 10% off your first purchase. That's SPILLED for 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, make your next move. Make your next website. Okay, so what else do you do with chard? So my number one most favorite thing to do with chard uh, is make a gratin. And the recipe I use is from Susie Middleton. It was in Fine Cooking Magazine a few years ago. And uh... <laughs> just yawning I'm like, I'm like Buster Bluth I... when Michael's taking him to business meetings. I'm just like yawning and falling asleep. I do not understand how you could be yawning during the chart episode. <laughs> the most exciting topic we've ever done in 274 uh, episodes or whatever. Keep telling me about this gratin. Uh, so the recipe said, uh, gave instructions for using various different greens. I almost always choose chard. Uh, and uh, we'll link to the recipe. And it's uh, it's great. It's um, so you you uh, like reduce some cream uh, with uh, uh, with some garlic and you saute the greens um, uh, or you blanch the greens and then toss them with butter. Yes, I'm listening. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> I, you're listening, but you're listening in, in the way that like when my cat is getting ready to pounce on something and kind of hasn't decided what she's going to pounce on yet. Uh, okay, I'll look away from you. Go on. I'm still listening. It's okay. I'm going to look over here. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's got crispy breadcrumbs and uh, Parmesan cheese and optional bacon. And it's great. Wow. Okay. So... <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it is primarily chard. There's not like a potato or any other sort of bulk, bulky vegetable in It there. is primarily chard. And I will, uh, when I make it, I will often make like, uh, you know, two gratin dishes of it. One for me, uh, one for my wife and none for my child who doesn't want it because it has green vegetables in it. Oh, I didn't realize 
surprised that Iris was still green vegetable averse. Not not to the same extent that she was when she was like three years old, but yeah. still substantially. Huh. Okay. She'll uh, come around someday. Yeah. What green vegetables were popular in 20,000 BC? <laughs> Okay. Anyway, um, I what I do with chard is, as previously mentioned, the braised chickpeas with chard recipe. Um, I also think a wonderful use of chard is uh, a particular recipe kind of formula from the Zuni Cafe cookbook for a panade, which is like a savory bread pudding almost, only instead of like mm. a creamy liquid base, it uses stock. Um, and so, so a panade, uh, they have one, I believe, that's charred and caramelized onions. So does it have, like, uh, cubes of bread? It's cubes, yes. cubes of, like, crusty, you know, rustic-style bread yes. um, that are layered with, uh, you know, onions that you've cooked slowly for a long time and charred that I think you've also wilted down in a pan. And then, um, uh, I believe, Parmesan cheese. And then more bread. Oh, and stock. And then more bread, more chard, more onion, more cheese, more stock, and so on and so forth, layered, like, really high. And it cooks down and becomes this, like, the bread gets very silky and, like, mm-hmm. swollen with yes. with with broth. Bursting with juice. And the chard, the silkiness of the chard is really lovely. I mean, you could, you could totally do it with spinach. You could totally do it with kale. But the chard, I think, is perfect. Uh, question. Could you substitute tater tots for the bread? <laughs> um, okay. How do you feel about eating raw chard, as as we've been doing during this episode? I I kind of never thought about it before. I mean, I'm sure I've done it I here am and really there. I'm really surprised but... by like the the leaves, especially the farthest away part of the leaves from the stem. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have this incredible, like, um, juicy saltiness Mm -hmm. so yummy yeah so that that's our top recommendation of the week is like go gnaw on some raw chard leaves i guess yeah Um, totally oh you wrote baby chard in salads yeah how do you feel about those like you know bagged salad mixes that have like or i guess they would go as like braising greens or something right like baby kale and baby chard um i sometimes (laughs) yeah i sometimes buy a sack of babies (laughs) um I, i will sometimes buy the trader joe's bagged braising greens they're pretty good They've got, I think, chard, spinach, uh, turnip greens, maybe. Um, I'm fine with that. Cool. I'm um, fine with that, what, too. So, so let's go back to the chard stems. Um, okay. So do, when you uh, prep chard, do you remove the stems? And if so, do you then cook with the stems or do you uh, compost them? What happens? You know, I have to say that a lot of recipes I've made call for removing the stem. Yeah. Like, I think that braised chickpea thing does. I think the panade does. It does. It seems sort of sad to me to get rid of charred stems, but uh, but they they do, you know, maintain a little bit of, like, bite or, you know, tooth to them. Yes. Uh, no matter how long they're cooked. I've seen a lot of recipes out there for things like chard stem gratin or pickled chard stems or whatever. Pickled uh, chard stem sounds good. I have good. a hard time bringing myself to do that. Yeah, I I will usually use some of the stems and discard some. It, they have kind of a high stem to leaf ratio sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will I'll like slice them thinly, uh, perpendicular to the stem, so they're less stringy. Uh huh. Uh, and uh, and those are good, yeah, sautéed or braised or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And especially if I'm making soup, I will definitely throw in the stem because the color, they, they yes. hold their color, which is really beautiful. You know, unlike, uh, you know when you buy like those 
those purple green beans and then they just yeah. kind of turn like army green when you cook them. Like ruby chard or red chard or whatever it's called stays that color. There are so many disappointing color transformations in the vegetable world, like uh, Kyoja beets, right? Oh, yeah, they when just you get cook boring. Them, yeah. uh, cranberry, uh, like, like uh, shelling beans. Oh, yeah, those just get kind of tan They're like brown, be- right? beautifully like mottled and speckled and then they just get kind of grayish green. Like that's what happens to them. You know, we're we're like uh, bringing all sorts of like uh, you know genetic engineering and other other like uh, high you know, uh, technology to to the world of vegetables. Could we do something about those things? I think that the message is we should just all eat more chard because it's really okay. pretty and it keeps its color. It keeps its promises. Well, I mean, you know, that's what that organization was created for. The promise, promise keepers? keepers. Yeah, it's it's a it's a pro chard organization. Yes, I'm pro chard and I vote. <laughs> Um, uh, I, oh, I'm really I had, proud of that one. Okay, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess that was the chart episode that everyone's been uh, dying for. Who 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 suggested this episode? Did someone suggest I it? it was, I thought you were joking. I think it was host Molly. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Hey, well, um, you can find us on facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast where you can, um, I don't know. I don't know. You can you like know, us. Yeah, just just like us. Uh, you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com, where we'll post a link to uh, Susie Middleton's Wintergreens Gratin. Mm-hmm. I bet we can find the Zuni Cafe Panade somewhere online, maybe even on my blog from and, like 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I think you've... And you've, the braised uh, chickpeas with chard. Yeah, you, you, we will give you everything, everything we've got at no charge. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be great. Like, you know, <laughs> three, three stars, it's no chard, but whatevs. Uh <laughs> Boy, I'm bat. I'm batting like, what's what's a low thing to be batting like? Uh, a hundred, um, <laughs> zero. Yeah, miss. <laughs> yeah, I mean you, you just woke up from like a two thousand twenty thousand years of hibernation, and and somehow you're way funnier than me. <laughs> but I mean, I guess I guess you're well rested. Yeah, that makes sense. Although you did just wake up from I a nap. I did just wake up from a nap. Yeah, yeah, um, it was a poorly timed nap. It was, yeah, and and. It felt so right, like when I, you know, I like put it on the schedule, like, like you know, put the casserole in the oven, nap, wake up, record some episodes. I'm not going to do that again. No, never again. Next never t- again. Next time, coffee. And until next time. Um, coffee. <laughs> I'm Matthew Burton. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 